Greater Than Zero Percent is a 501c3 nonprofit that's on a mission to share stories of organizations from around the world that are changing lives. We have weekly episodes featuring amazing nonprofits and monthly episodes interviewing top business executives. You can find us at gtzp.org on your preferred streaming or social media platforms. Alrighty. So thanks everyone for tuning into this episode. Today we have Joe Jackson, who's the executive director at Hesed House. So Joe, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it and, and we are excited to get into it. Thank you, Joseph. Thanks for having me. Yes. So we always start by hearing what the mission statement is of the organization, in this case, Hesed House. So what is the mission? We could start there. Sure. The mission of Hesed House is uh, to feed the hungry, shelter the homeless, clothe the naked, and give people a chance to hope again. Yeah. So it's pretty Boom. simple, but extremely yeah. powerful. Yeah, and and we'll get into that and and what all you're doing to to achieve that mission. Uh, but before we do, why you? <laughs> um, pretty common question, actually, that I, I get quite a bit because I prior to coming to Hesed House, I was in the corporate world for well over a decade, um, and so people are always curious, how did you get from corporate world to not only a nonprofit but homelessness? Um, and yeah. so. Yeah. For me, uh, you know, I, I my, my simple answer is it's two words, and it's it's the reason a, a lot of um, uh, married men do things that they do, and it's my wife. Uh, and so, uh, you know, for for me, my wife uh, Trisha, an amazing, amazing woman, um, and she experienced homelessness for about the first mm. eight years uh, of her life, and so wow. getting to know her story and hearing her experiences. Um, you know, just, it never sat well with me. And, and honestly, the things that she went through, no man, woman, child, um, should ever go through those things. And, um, in the corporate world, what I sort of came to find over that decade plus I was there was I, I liked the work, but I wasn't finding fulfillment. And yep. so, um, it happened to be right around that time. Uh, I was getting my MBA at Aurora University and the professor for two of my classes, one was nonprofit management, the other was servant leadership. Um, the, my professor for those were Ryan Dowd and he was our, our former executive director here at Hesed House. Wow. And we clicked right away. I stayed in contact with him afterwards. He became a mentor to me because uh, I started talking to him about, you know, I want to do more. I want to find fulfillment. And I think the world of nonprofits and homelessness in particular would would really feed my soul. And yep. so it just happened to be it was right before uh, we were supposed to get together for lunch one day um, just to catch up. And I saw on Facebook that Hesed House posted a um, a director of finance HR and administration and the opening yep. line of the job ad said, if you've ever wanted to get into the world of nonprofits and particularly homelessness, and you don't have a background in social work, this is it. And so I yeah. uh, picked up the phone. I gave Ryan a call. He picked <laughs> up the phone and was chuckling and said, you obviously saw the ad and I wrote that first line for you. I was like, great. I read it. I love it. Um, and so um, I came in, I met with Ryan, I met with the leadership team here and um, then went home and, and talked with, with Trisha and my kids because it was a pretty significant um, life change for me. Um, yeah, and yeah. it definitely had impacts to our family as far as income and, and things like that. And uh, 
God bless my wife, Trisha, and my, my kids. They, they said, go for it. This sounds awesome. Oh. Um, and it remains uh, the second best decision I've ever made outside of asking Trisha to marry me. So, yeah. Wow. Well, that is a fun origin story. That thank you for sharing that. <laughs> uh, oh, was was there were there multiple aha moments in that transition that you decided to make, or was there kind of one specific moment? I'm wondering if it was like festering over time over that decade, um, or or did you know was it kind of one specific aha moment? Um, it was basically what happened was. Um, you know, over over that time, I I, uh, I would get promoted or I'd move to new positions and those things in, in the corporate world. Or at one point, I, I left a company for another company, uh, yeah. and I was I I did that thinking, okay, this this new job, this this will be what what brings that fulfillment. This will right. be what truly brings me joy and those types of things. And, you know, a year or so would pass and it, it just wouldn't be the case. Um, and so I try something else or I, you know, go for another promotion, those types of things. Um, and eventually um, I left, I was with Liberty Mutual Insurance and then I, I left there and went and worked at Discover, the, the credit card and, and financial company. And when I left Liberty and went to Discover, um, and th please, this is nothing, you know, about either one of those companies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Companies. Um, yeah. But, you know, I made that jump to discover and that was sort of like my my last ditch effort to uh, to find fulfillment. And it just it wasn't there. You know, I was very yeah. happy, uh, but I like I said, I wasn't fulfilled. And uh, that was just something that that I needed. And um, like I said, I, I made the leap and haven't looked back since so <laughs> awesome well thank you for sharing your origin story um now moving to 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 Hesed house what is mm -hmm. the origin story of Hesed house and what were the original reasons why uh the organization started and and maybe share some of the the original activities or programming that you all did and why yeah sure so um you know speaking of of amazing women um our founder was uh, is a woman named Sister Rosemarie Lorenzen, and um, she is just an incredible person, uh, truly a servant's heart. And uh, she was here in the greater Aurora area, and she and another um, nun uh, started a um, they started a soup kitchen because basically they. Um, they, they, they saw people in, in need of meals and in need of help and resources. So they started a soup kitchen. And when they would see folks and families coming um, for a hot meal, they also realized, okay, the, these folks need groceries. They need diapers. They need, you know, ongoing things, you know, to get them through the rest of the week. So then they started um, a, a food pantry. Um, and as they started the food pantry, um, they, there was a day where a, a woman came up who needed groceries and formula and diapers, um, and she had her baby uh, basically wrapped in just a scarf. And so they said, okay, we need clothes too. Our, these folks need clothes. So then they started a clothes closet ministry. Um, and as folks were coming to the clothes closet ministry and these other two ministries, they realized, okay, these folks have no place to stay. Some of them are, are out in the streets. They're in encampments. Um, we need a shelter. And so that's when they created, um, it was Public Action to Deliver Shelter, Inc., PADS, Inc., um, 
and Hesed House was, you know, uh, a part of that. It was under the umbrella of PADS. Um, and so they started with six local churches here in Aurora, and it was a rotating site. So um, each church would take one night a week, um, and then they would either be closed on the seventh night or a church would double up in that particular week. Um, and that went on for a few years. This was back in the early 80s. Um, and then eventually Sister Rosemary, um, very famously, at least in my in my opinion, went to city council and referenced a story from out east where a gentleman went to a church one night in, in, uh, in a nor'easter storm up there in the winter, very cold, lots of snow. And, and he said, I don't have a place to stay. I need a place to sleep tonight. Can I sleep in your church? And the church said, sorry, you can't sleep here, but here's a blanket and some some resources. And then they found that gentleman the next morning, um, you know, frozen to death about 100 feet away from the church. And mm -hmm. her question to city council was, are we going to wait for one of our neighbors to freeze to death or are we going to do something about this now? And she, you know, rallied the, the, the troops and the community behind her and eventually, um, you know, was able to acquire the building that we're in now, which was the old city of Aurora incinerator building. So not a building that was ever designed to be a homeless shelter, uh, yeah. but Sister Rosemary and in her infinite wisdom and, and vision uh, saw what this building could be and saw the amount of hope and dignity it could bring people and transformed it um, to Hesed House and, and a yeah. place where, uh, you know, people can come and, and we can enact our mission to, to feed folks, clothe folks, um, shelter them, but more importantly than all of those things is is to give them hope and make them uh, realize that tomorrow uh, tomorrow can be better than today and we're here to help you uh, get there yeah what's the what's the story about the name uh great question so it's actually uh <laughs> hesed is a hebrew word um mm -hmm. and uh, it comes from the bible um and it's the book of micah and, and basically the the passages and what does the lord require of you he uh, requires of you to act justly and to love hesed and uh, hesed being a hebrew word there is not one direct translation from hebrew yeah, yeah. to english there's a, a couple dozen different words that um it can mean but basically it's just everlasting love it's it's love without judgment um, it's mercy, it's compassion, and it's justice. And when I talk to people about this, I always have to clarify, it's not justice like the Justice League, like bad guys do something and then we put them in jail. It's justice meaning fairness and, and what is fair to everyone. And um, in this case, it's not fair that some folks are sleeping under a bridge tonight. It's not fair that there are kids in this world uh, that will eat dinner out of a dumpster tonight like that's that's not fair so that's where hesed comes from um and so yeah we were founded as a, a faith-based organization um but we don't uh what what separates us from other faith-based organizations is we don't require folks to um to uh, subscribe to any particular faith or anything and actually we don't allow any type of preaching or things like that here because we want to create as minimal barriers to shelter as possible. And we don't think that somebody should have to uh, subscribe to any particular faith or have any particular beliefs to be able to get shelter and food yeah, and, yeah. and so. Yeah. Have you been able to track at all the, the amount of folks over the past, what, few decades that you guys have been in operation or maybe even more recently of the impact uh, of Hesed House? <laughs> 
Um, so back in the early 80s and even into the 90s, um, we, we had ledgers, um, handwritten ledgers of, of who stayed on nightly uh, on a nightly basis. Um, since that time, we, we've um, we've come a long way. Now, you know, we have electronic <laughs> scan-ins and things like that and registrations, uh, but but it is tens of thousands of individuals uh, oh. who have, have stayed with us. And in any given year um, these days, it's, uh, you know, well over 1,000 unduplicated men, women, and kiddos uh, that we serve uh, in any given year. Um, and that's just in our shelter. We also have housing in the community that's supportive housing, scattered site, where we serve, uh, you know, 100 plus more throughout the year. Uh, we have homeless prevention programs where during COVID, it was, you know, over 3,000 households we prevented from having to experience homelessness. We were able to keep Jeez. them out during that pandemic. Um, and without that program, without those resources, our, our shelter would have been, we wouldn't have been able to keep up with that demand. So um, we, we try to take an approach here of um, having various services and, and programs on site to be a one-stop shop for folks to um, get back on their feet, end their homelessness. Uh, but I like to say, honestly, the best way that we're gonna end homelessness is to make sure it doesn't happen in the first place. So programs like that homeless prevention program are pretty critical for that. Yeah, what are what are, what's some of the content that that's gone over in that homeless prevention program, and and why are I was going to say why why do you think there are homeless people that but that's like a, a extremely general. There's a lot of reasons, but let's talk about the prevention mechanisms because it'll probably weed out some of of those questions. Sure. So um, within the the homeless prevention program, um, we we basically folks will contact us. Um, we, we either bring them in or we can do it over the phone or, or through emails and things like that. Uh, but we need to verify a little bit of information, um, get an understanding of what's going on and then uh, provide financial assistance, but then also uh, be readily available to connect them with the myriad of services that we have here on site or with um, any of our amazing community partners that um, we work with each and every day, because you know, I say it takes a village. Uh, if it takes a village to uh, raise a child, it takes one heck of a village to end homelessness. And, and we definitely have that village here. Uh, but a lot of folks that are out there who are struggling and in need of assistance don't always know what organizations are out there and are available to help and those types of things. So um, we try to connect those folks with those other organizations and our own services to um, not only get them through this, this sort of emergency period where we help keep them housed, but then, uh, you know, how do, how do we help you never fall into this, this situation again? Um, and there's, yeah. like I said, lots of other um, organizations that we work with to, to make that happen. Have you in your in your years doing this? Have you seen like some some of the most common things that have prevented homelessness from continuing with an individual or a family? Is it like the one time helping with with rent, or is it uh, the the any training that you do, or is it something else that that like job readiness, right? So I'm wondering if there if there are any common silver silver bullets or just like common most effective ways of, of ending folks homelessness yeah yeah um so what i'll say about that is i i think there's there's no one silver bullet outside of affordable housing um mm -hmm. 
but uh, and there's there's no two cases that we've ever had here at Hesed House, no two guests that have the same background or exact mm, story, yeah. those types of things. Um, so we take a, a, an individualized approach. It's why our, our tagline here is ending homelessness, one person, one family at a time. We take an individualized yeah. approach. Um, and so um, the I think one way to t- sort of break this down is to break down, um, you know, overarching groups that we have here at Hesed House. So um, well over 50% of the folks who stay here at Hesed House um, are gone within two weeks. Um, mm-hmm. Literally just had, you know, um, maybe lost a job, uh, went through savings, trying to keep their, their housing mm-hmm. or those types of things. Um, just need a place to land quickly um, while they're waiting on a new job to start or finding a new job. And then they're able to get back out um, for, uh, really on uh, their own with, with minimal uh, assistance and, and help. Um, then there's about 40% of our, our guests um, who are with us for up to a year. And, and those guests typically will have what we call one, um, one major barrier of homelessness. And that can be, um, you know, physical health, uh, uh, disability of some kind, uh, mental or behavioral health um, issues or needs, uh, substance uh, use disorder uh, issues or needs there. Um, some might be fleeing a domestic violence situation, those types of things. Um, so there's a little bit more to unpack there. And yeah. uh, again, coming from the corporate world and kind of the consulting that I did it, it's root cause problem solving. It's understanding the root cause of that person or that family's homelessness and how do we eliminate that barrier, get them on their feet again and help make sure that there's they don't ever encounter that again. Um, and then the, the last, it's about 8%, honestly, um, of the folks who stay with us are what um, HUD and the government uh, have kind of titled chronically homeless. These are folks who experience homelessness for um, well more than a year. And these, even though this is our smallest population, this tends to be who people think of when when right. they think yeah. of somebody experiencing homelessness because that's who uh, folks see more often mm. because they're experiencing homelessness for a longer period of time. And, and those folks um, typically have usually two or more of those significant barriers of, of homelessness. And that just takes more time. It takes more trust building uh, mm. because, I mean, there's, uh, if you're out on the streets, you know, or experiencing homelessness for more than a year, the amount of trauma that you're enduring is, yep. um, it's unbelievable. I mean, the, there's a, a stat I just saw the other day that was horrific, that basically if, if you are a, a female, if you're a woman and you experience homelessness for more than a year, um, nine out of 10 women who experience homelessness at that level um, are are assaulted, uh, either physically or sexually. Um, not, I mean, 90% or more, that is... So again, when I talk about the trauma, there is a lot. Um, there's a lot of healing that needs to happen there, and there's a lot of support that is needed there. And so, um, you know, we take an approach here of being a, a compassionate approach, and, and we call it service without judgment. Yeah. We don't. Yeah. We're not going to judge somebody for any decisions made because we don't care about the decision. We just want to help that person. Yep. Um, 
And so uh, we, we try to do that as much as we can. So, yeah. What would you say you're most proud of, of, of Hesed House and, and your team and, and what you all have done over the few years that you've been executive director? Um, what I'm most proud of is our, our staff <laughs> and our volunteers. Yeah. I mean, with, yeah. without a doubt. Um, and particularly during the COVID pandemic, um, because homeless shelters, when you talk about essential workers, we're right there, right? Yeah. And um, we had staff that continued to come day after day. We At one point, we moved all of our operations offsite into a hotel. Um, and myself and about, th it was 30, I think 32 or 33 other staff members left our families, left our homes and moved into this hotel to quell an outbreak and run the hotel and, and run our shelter out of that hotel. Uh, and this was very early on in the pandemic when lots and lots of people were, were dying of COVID. Um, we, we didn't have the medical uh, knowledge and response to, um, you know, prevent some of those deaths and things um, and to stop it from spreading. So uh, that is probably the thing I'm most proud of. And then I mentioned our volunteers too. Uh, on any, in any given year, we have over 8,000 um, individuals wow. who come here to Hesed House and help us run things. We, we will never have the staff at Hesed House that we truly need to, uh, to operate, but we have an army, literally an army of volunteers who um, during, and again, during the pandemic, uh, we had to um, cease having volunteers come. Yeah. But they didn't stop. <laughs> they, you know, our, our volunteers come and they make a lot of the meals here at Hesed House. So instead of coming here to Hesed House and making meals, they'd make them in their own homes and kitchens, or they'd go to, um, you know, their church or office if they have a commercial kitchen there, and they'd make the food there, bring it's it amazing. to Hesed House and drop it off. Uh, yeah. Or they'd send us the food here, or they'd, you know, drop off. We had a, a woman who, with her group, she was always responsible for the green beans um, on their service day each month. And so she would show up here every month with, here's $27. This is what the green beans cost when I buy them. There's $27 <laughs> along with the green beans. Um, yep. I mean, the community that we have here at, at Hassett House is absolutely unbelievable. And, and I am honestly so blessed and, and lucky just to be a, a small part of it. Yeah. Wow. What, uh, what do you hope you'll, the, in the organization will grow into over the next few years? Uh, if I'm being really honest, I hope that we grow ourselves out of business. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I hope that that is the ultimate dream here at Hesed House is the, the day that we get to close the doors here because we're not needed. Um, we yeah. are very much trying to work ourselves all out of jobs. Um, and so that's that's the goal. And it always has been and always will be. Um, you know, to get there, uh, we have a few things on the horizon. We're expanding our shelters. Uh, we're in the middle of that project right now. Uh, we're, we're adding a building to our campus that will house um, an even bigger and, and more organized closed closet. Uh, here, uh, we're, we're fighting very hard for more affordable housing. Uh, we're, we're trying to undertake some, uh, some projects out in the community to create some affordable housing because I know I mentioned that earlier, but right now there's... In our adult shelters, I would say there's at least a couple dozen folks. And then in our family shelter, uh, probably 10 to 15, uh, or I'd say about 10 families who could move out tomorrow. 
They, they have income, they have money saved up, they're ready to go. There's just no place out there for them to move into. And wow. In our county right now, less than one half of 1% of all rental units are actually available to rent. Mm. Just simple supply and demand, when there's that low of a supply and there's an extremely high demand, rent prices are going to go up and up and up. Uh, and landlords who lost a lot of income during the pandemic, um, they need to make that money up to maintain their operations, to maintain their building. So I understand where I understand all of the parties in, involved in this, but uh, we need more affordable housing uh, if we're ever going to actually end homelessness. So, yeah, how has the process been with that's a government related uh, process, I'm assuming? Like, mm -hmm. yeah, yep. yeah, um, it's so, and, and here locally. Um, I, I'd say it's it's one part government, one part social service organizations, and um, you know we have we have some fantastic uh, uh, folks in local government here. Uh, you know we have congressmen, state reps, state senators um, who understand the the problems that we're facing and are are being proactive and open minded about it. Um, here locally, we have, we have locally elected officials who are in the same boat. Um, and then we have a very strong social service organization kind of network who are all focused on um, a lot of these same issues. And we work very well together. We collaborate well together. Uh, and that, I mean, that even extends to, uh, you know, local hospitals, uh, fire departments, police departments. We created a, a, a program here at Hesed House about a decade ago called the FUSE Initiative where it's basically all of those entities coming together and problem solving uh, frequent utilizers of public services so we can game plan and, and help out the folks who are um, using the most public uh, services uh, because they obviously have the greatest needs. Uh, and we've seen some incredible work and success stories come out of that as well. So we just need to keep that momentum going and, and keep growing those things and uh, I am very, people tell me I'm crazy all the time when I say we're going to end homelessness. It's going to happen. Um, but I, I truly believe we will. We, we have, uh, we have the energy, we have the people to do it. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. Yeah. Amazing. So people that are listening to this and, and want to get engaged, what type of engagement do you look for and where can they go to get engaged? Any and all engagement. Um, I mean, we have, uh, particularly here at Hassett House, we have, uh, you know, we have we have uh, we have youth um, organizations and opportunities for volunteering and, and doing things. We have, as I mentioned, we have always have a need for volunteers as well. Um, people can go to our website to get more information or to create a volunteer profile um, to get involved. Uh, if we love giving tours, so when people are curious about how things work here, what we do. The best way to, to understand it is not even just to listen to me. It's come see it. Um, come see what we do, uh, because that does two things. One, it creates uh, a better understanding of Hesed House, what we do, how people can get engaged. But it also um, it, it, it takes away some of the um, unpleasant and, and frankly, not true stigmas that um, and assumptions and stereotypes that people have are around people who experience homelessness. Um, and so, yeah, if, if anybody wants to see our, what we do, 
they can reach out and we're, we're happy to give them a tour. Uh, people can donate, um, you know, money, gift cards, um, you know, clothing, uh, all those things. We have a wish list online um, that gets updated just about every week with different needs here. Uh, so yeah, there's plenty of ways for people to get involved. And if, you know, there are people out there who live in Wisconsin who are hearing this, <laughs> just Google homeless shelter in your, your hometown and, um, and, and find out more about that homeless shelter and do those same things. All homeless shelters are always looking for volunteers, always in need of resources and, and help. So, yeah, amazing. Uh, Joe, so I, I think we covered a lot. Is there anything you want to leave us with or any shout outs or events that you want to call out or topics that we maybe didn't cover, uh, before we wrap up? Um, sure. I, you know, so locally, um, our biggest event every year, we always have a Kentucky Derby fundraiser. Uh, that's yeah. our biggest fundraising event every year. So, and that happens on Kentucky Derby Day every year. It'll be at White Eagle uh, in in Naperville this next year. So, if folks want to, um, you know, be a part of that or come to that. You can go to our website to get more information. Um, like I said, if people want to help us out, again, website hessethouse.org. One S in Hesed is the best way to to get more information and see how you can get involved. Uh, but really, I think the, the biggest thing out there is uh, or the biggest thing people can do, and it's really simple, is have empathy for, for folks that are out there who are experiencing homelessness. Um, trust me when I when I tell you, there's nobody who when they're a little kid and you say, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? There's no kid who says, I want to grow up and be I want to experience homelessness. Uh, there's no one staying in their shelter right now who is excited to be here right? Nobody chooses to be homeless. It, it just, it happens through um, various reasons and various circumstances that could really happen to just about anybody. So to have empathy and if you see somebody on the street, um, you know, don't move to the other side of the street, you know, give them a smile, make eye contact with the person, say, hi, how you doing? Um, you know, reaffirm that humanity in that yep. person yep. that gets robbed from them on a daily basis, by the folks who, uh, you know, willfully ignore them or even worse, um, you know, physically or emotionally terrorize them and, and traumatize them. So. Yeah. Well, Joe, thank you so much for, for sharing your story and the work you're doing at Hesed House. We're really honored to share it and people that are listening, get engaged however you feel and are able to get engaged. Joe, thanks again. And we'll talk to you soon. I'm sure. Thank you, Joseph. It was a great time. Thanks for listening to Greater Than Zero Percent. To find more episodes or to have your organization featured on the podcast, you can find us at gtzp.org on your preferred streaming or social media platforms. Find your cause with Greater Than Zero Percent.